Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to yet another episode of the Innkeeper's Guestbook. I am the illustrious Innkeeper Freddy here at Union Inn, 1112, 1114, 3rd Street, Northeast, Washington, D.C. Steps from Noma Gallaudet Metro, a nice brisk walk to Union Station, and a nice leisurely jog to the Capitol. It's about a mile and a quarter away, but I digress. I got another international traveler here at the house. I'm so excited. How are you doing, Caitlin? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. So where are you from, Caitlin? I'm from Glasgow in Scotland. Okay. So Glasgow is the city in Scotland. Yeah, it's a city in Scotland. Okay. And um, like, is that the biggest city? It's the best city. Um, ah, right. That's the right answer. <laughs> no, it's uh, so Glasgow is kind of the more industrial city, um, but it's got a lot of youth in it, whereas Edinburgh is the capital of Scotland and has a lot of history in it. Okay. But yeah, Glasgow's where I come from. All right. First picture that comes up on Google is one of those like gothic castle things. Yeah. yeah. So what's that? What are we looking at? That'll be um, probably George Square. Okay. Um, and you've got like the University of Arts um, and you've got some of like the old fire stations that they converted into shopping malls and stuff, which is a bit of a shame. Um, well, but yeah. yeah, capitalism in action. Yeah. But it is nice sometimes when they do it right. You know, yeah, they keep the architecture um, as long as they've kept the front of it rather than demolishing it. Okay. Um, but it's not that far from Edinburgh. Um, it's one of the like more populated uh, cities in Scotland. Okay. Um, and it's better for its football. Like football in Glasgow, or you call it soccer, mm-hmm. um, in Glasgow is the best. Okay, so you all don't play against like Real Madrid and like. FC Barca, do you? Well, yeah, we actually uh, Celtic. So my my team's um the Glasgow Celtics, and uh, we do play against like Barca um occasionally. Okay. Um, but we more do like the Scottish Premier League. There, there's no one better than the people in Glasgow. But we sometimes come across English teams. Um, and we've definitely come across the European teams like Latvia, Porto, um, Seville. Like we've all gone across to different parts in Europe to do like games like that. All right, who's your number one player? He's all really old school. <laughs> um. Henrik Larsson was my favorite player growing up. Um, I had like a Henrik Larsson t-shirt with a big seven on it and I was like who I wanted to, to see all the time when I went to the matches. What position does he play? He was a striker, forward. Okay, all right, cool. So you know DC United, our little major league soccer team, mm. Wayne Rooney plays for us now. Oh, I feel bad for you guys. What, is he, is he too old? Is he over He's old, he's old man, he's done, he's out yeah. to pasture. Yeah, but we're pretty excited. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. <laughs> we don't get stars like that, you know. Often. Yeah. Is it Beckham? He played for a Galaxy. I yeah, think. he yeah. did. No, oh, uh, both of them played for United. Actually, when I was living in Manchester, he was he was still playing for United, um, and he was a big deal, big yeah. deal then. Okay, so I only know about those English players during the World Cup. Yeah. So, was Rain Rooney playing for a? English or Scottish or European team or was he Wayne Rooney was playing for Manchester United okay um, which was a big deal because he was from Liverpool and there's a big rivalry between Manchester and Liverpool uh, I'd be like somebody from Dallas playing the Redskins and vice versa yeah got you okay so what brought you to the US so I came here to work in a summer camp mm-hmm. um, at the start of June I was working in a Girl Scout summer camp in Pennsylvania okay we're in Pennsylvania Harrisburg Okay, Harrisburg, that's the capital, right? Yeah. Okay, what you think? Uh, <laughs> so it was really rural where I was staying, okay. um, and there weren't many opportunities to get off camp. We worked six days a week, um, and then one of the days we didn't work, we were cleaning because the camp changed every week. Like, we had different girls come in every week. It was a girls-only camp. Um, we got to occasionally go out to the city. We went for ice cream. We went to see a senator's baseball game. Okay. Um, the city itself uh, was 
clean um and it was fine it didn't feel too too big actually it was almost more like a town than a city okay but yeah um there was what i really remember i liked about it when we went to like this market there was all these really cool art installations people doing loads of graffiti and all every single fire hydrant you came across was designed differently with spray paint um so there's like pugs and there was snoopy and i just remember like going over and taking loads of pictures of different fire hydrants awesome did you go to hershey park i did i did what did you think it's uh busy uh but a lot of fun uh went on a lot of the scarier rides and the only issue is like when there's big queues you wait like what an hour for a two minute experience and it kind of lessens it but when there was no queue and you get straight onto it it was super good it was a great adrenaline rush all right did they still have the sword in the stone oh by the way for those listening hershey park is an amusement park that's what maybe half an hour east of harrisburg yeah yeah um it's one of the parks that people uh, you know mid-atlantic go to at some point in their life but anyways um when i went there they had the sword in the stone and if you could take it out you get like a million dollars no they didn't have that when we were there okay so the story behind that urban legend was that it was just cemented in there and it was just people pulling but then what happened was over time it just loosened up loosened up loosened up and then finally somebody took it out Whoa. yeah and it was like i don't know if they paid the guy or not but they weren't expecting anybody to ever get it out yeah no one ever would though i mean you see it it's like the arthur in the stone no one ever thought he was gonna get it out yeah but it happened so i guess they did away with that after that yeah but um yeah so cool um and so uh and then you took the tail end of it to basically explore the Midwest and the Atlantic coast of DC, of DC, of the US. So what cities did you go to? So I started off, I left Harrisburg, I went to Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I went from Philly to Boston, um, a couple of days in Boston, then to Chicago. And then I flew from Chicago to New Orleans, stayed there for a bit, and then I came here. Okay. And are we the last one? No, no, I'm going back to Philly, um, and then I'm finishing off in New York. Okay. Yeah. And we're, we're recording this on a Thursday yep. and um, today's your last day. So I think I told you first Friday in Philly, I believe they still do it, but basically where the galleries and stuff are, they stay open late and it's really, really cool. So you should definitely check that out when you go to Philadelphia. Um, so how many days did you stay in each? So you said you went to Philadelphia first. Yeah. Um, so Philly was probably about three or four days. Okay. Um, Boston. Boston was three days okay, and in Chicago Chicago was three and in New Orleans New Orleans was about four yeah yeah, yeah you need more time in New Orleans yeah and it was D- in the weekend too yeah DC you've been here what the whole week right yeah yeah from Monday till tomorrow yeah okay and then um Philly how many days Philly's just the weekend I leave on the Monday okay and then New York New York's the duration of the week okay so I leave the Friday all right see yeah New York and DC she's like yeah those, we're gonna we need five days in those yeah right? we need time in those yeah exactly so um tell me something interesting you did in each city thus far um so in Philadelphia um walked 17 miles to get across to the South Station um sorry the South Station Bridge and was that by choice yeah by choice okay. by choice yeah me and my couple of my friends said that we wanted to get a, like a shot that not everyone else had taken of the city um and our hostel guy told us about this bridge that if you get to it's closer to where the university is and if you get there at the right time you get all the city looks like it's on amber um and we got there and it wasn't the right colors for it but it was definitely very pretty um so we got some cool shots there all right and that was really cool about boston uh, boston baston 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 gotta be nasal with it I wish I could do the Boston accent. It's such a good accent. Um, really? Really? Yeah, I do. I think, I think it's actually a really attractive accent. 
Really? Yeah, the Boston accent's so peculiar. You think it's like a a, a New England thing? Like maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Maybe it's a New England thing. Okay. But definitely. Uh, so we, I accidentally I was wearing pretty gothic clothes, um, and I was walking around Little Italy, and there was this like um, Saint Augustine or Saint Lucia festival. It was this big religious festival thing. Um, so everyone was doing street parties. Um, so everyone was out in like bouncy castles selling. Um, like hot dogs and stuff everyone's out in the streets there's families there's old women there's everyone's just singing and dancing and just having generally like a huge party um, but because I was dressed really gothic I had women come up to me and bless me or tell me that Jesus will still love me um, and then to donate something somewhere and I was like okay cool thanks but aside right. from that it was it was really cool it was uh, it was like the entire of Little Italy was everywhere was busy there were people everywhere yeah that's like an authentic experience too yeah right? um, cool and about Chicago Chicago. So we went to the the Lake Michigan. Uh, we went down all the way past the planetarium. And we found this really cool like little beach um, and this little kind of old family vendor stuff. I had my first ever fried pretzel, which was like my, my American experience of yeah, the city. That, that's that's American all day right there. Um, but apart from that, I think the other part I enjoyed. I saw the Cubs um, okay. play against. God, who were they now? Oh, yeah, the Mets. Okay. So you um, went to Wrigley Field. Yeah, I went to Wrigley Field, and that was huge, and it was packed. Like, Monday, it was completely sold out. Yeah, I think they're in the running, too, for the playoffs, so it was probably, you know. Yeah, it was really, it was a really good match. Really interesting. What did you think about ba- baseball? Was that your first baseball game? No, the first one I saw was in Harrisburg with the Senators. Okay. But it was my first, like, major one, mm-hmm. um, and it was uh, not as much advertisement as I thought there would be, <laughs> um, which is what I expected fully is that you think is that like just americans just, just all advertising advertisements advertisements <laughs> and overpriced junk food which i paid for so yeah. i can't complain yeah that happens yeah that no. happens. it was great though it was a lot of fun did you drink a lot of beer uh, i was going to and then it was ten dollars a pint so i had a coke instead yeah smart move yeah um did you sing take me out to the ball game yeah i kind of caught on to the tail end i didn't know it but um saul from breaking bad he was singing it he was like because he's a chicago native uh-huh. he was there he did one of the pitches and he sang like he was the one in the commentary box that got everyone to sing along okay so i just kind of tried <laughs> all right all right where were your seats were you in the outfield the infield or um so we were kind of on the bottom tier behind where the pitching is oh wow um, which was so really you're like behind the whole place you got yeah. a nice view yeah we were really close yeah that's good that's real nice all right and of course new orleans yeah all right. How many beads did you take back with you? So, you know, I got caught a lot of beads when I was out there. Um, only one pair has survived with me. It's a really nice dark blue pair, um, and I'm going to preserve that. But I must have, like, every, every place you came across, every restaurant, every bar, people were just throwing them from the rooftops. You know, even for, for anyone. And I also got, actually, um, a New, a New Orleans, like, Saints ball, like a little tiny football. Okay. People were throwing them as well with the beads, so okay. I got both a football and loads of jewelry. All right, and I'm assuming this is on Bourbon Street. Yes, okay. yes, it was. Was there anywhere outside of Bourbon Street that you went in New Orleans that you were like, wow, this is really cool? Um, yeah, actually, it was in Midtown. Um, I went further up Midtown and found this um, really cool like Creole kitchen, um, and that was probably the best fried chicken I've probably had in my entire life. Um, it was. <laughs> That'll do it. It was delicious. Yeah, all right. And then D.C. D.C. D.C.'s been a heat wave. D.C.'s killed me. <sighs> And she's not lying, like for real. The, yeah. the heat wave came a little bit late. In August, we typically have a heat wave. Um, it's now September, and uh, we're getting it now. Yeah. Um, but like the last few days, it's been like 90 without, before you get to the, the, the humidity. Yeah. So with it, it's probably been 100. Yeah. And, you know, since we're in such a good location, you know, everybody walks everywhere. So um, you get definitely a workout. Oh, yeah, but I love the fact that you can walk everywhere in, in D.C. That's one thing I've missed, like coming from Europe where everyone walks everywhere anyway. 
um, having American cities be so large and so big, it's nice in DC that you actually can walk places. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's definitely been a comfort for us. But we, the best thing I've seen in DC, I went to the Thomas Jefferson Memorial. Okay. And it was sunset. And like the visuals, it was so good. There was like cranes in the tidal basin and the sun was setting. It was beautiful. That's nice. That's really nice. Um, did you check out POV? I didn't check out POV. I okay. did walk past it, but I didn't check it out. Okay, cool. Um, what else have you seen out here while you've been here? Um, the African American Museum. Okay, tell us about my that. Mind. Um, so I started up at the top. Didn't realize there was like four floors, floors above and then like three subterranean floors. Um, but that was just such an experience. It was almost like a sensory overload. Like you walk through, there are like videos everywhere, there's music everywhere, and it's things you recognize and it's things you know, mm-hmm. but you, you're not really aware of the fact that you know it. Like you come across things like, like, oh yeah, I've heard of that or I've seen that, but you don't really understand the significance of it until you're there. And then you compare it with the subterranean levels, which is like the history of um, slavery in the US and people being traded and what people went through. Um, with Jim Crow that we'd never because obviously we didn't know about that in England or really yeah I would never never talk about that mm. never we didn't have any notion of it um, so learning about that was an eye opener yeah it, it's 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 definitely the thing I love the most about it is that it's all in one place yeah all right so it's like you can understand the whole story from yeah. start to finish so that's cool you were able to check that out um, so in Philadelphia is there anything that you plan on doing when you go back there um, getting a better cheese thing. <laughs> That's what I'd like to do. Okay. And what about um, New York? New York, um, seeing the Statue of Liberty, because that's the every tourist trope that you have to do when you're in New York. Um, there's also this place called Stardust Diner that's got all these like off-Broadway performers that sing and dance on your table, which I'm into. Um, I'm very excited to see that. Um, also, I, I'm not so sure how the city's going to be, because I think we arrived there around September 11th. Um, and we are staying nearby. So yeah. okay, so yeah. like right near yeah. um, World Trade. Okay, yeah. yeah, that should be an interesting experience. Yeah, I think so. I think it'll be unique. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, uh, what are your plans after you leave New York? You're flying straight home. Yeah, flying straight home. Okay. So, yeah. what are your plans when you get back home? Um, <laughs> rest, sleep, um, and then after that, I'm starting my application to teach uh, English in Japan. Oh, you're just a worldwide traveler, huh? I love it. All right. So will that, will that be your first time going to Japan? Yes. Okay. Um, and so how many how long would you be doing the teaching experience? Um, you'd start in September next year and keep going until July. Okay, so like one year. Yeah, one year, yeah. All right. And is it in Tokyo or a major city or is it? So you get interviewed um, and it's a couple of stages. Like you have to do embassy visits. It's like a whole three-month-long application process. Um, and then after that, they'll assign you to where they think your personality is best suited. So it could be anywhere from Osaka to Tokyo um, to maybe further up north. Um, depends on your interest. Like Okinawa has been having a lot of people from Britain taken recently. Okay. And so um, why Japan? Because um, I love Japanese culture. It's fascinated me. Um, it's the one thing that I think is very alien to everything else I've experienced. So it's something that would definitely be new for me. So I take it you're a big sushi fan. Yes. All right. I have a big sushi fan, yeah. Yeah, cool. All right. Uh, you ready for these seven questions? Yes, I am. All right. First question. What book are we adding to the library downstairs? The book that I would add is a very important one that I've found. It's been, like, it's been phenomenal for me to read wherever I've been. It's called The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. Okay. Yeah, I know there's a TV series about it, but if you read the book, it's just... It's so much. The books are always better than any TV or film. Like, the story around the series is phenomenal, and they've done really well with it. But the book is so harrowing um yet believable like it's entirely 
it's yeah it feels feels it feels realistic which is terrifying but yes. it's so well written and the fact that she wrote it like not not in this time period but it suits this time period so well that's that's why i think it's a very important book for everyone to now read. when did that book come out i think it came out in the 70s or 80s okay um and is there anything that's in the book that's not in the movie or in the television show yeah so spoilers um <laughs> Was so in the book is actually they talk about in the end that how it's a her diary has been recovered and there's no actual evidence that this regime ever really happened. It's all myth or folklore, and that the regime's been covered up pretty well. So this at the end of the book, it's like 120 odd years on, people in universities discussing whether this actually happened or whether it was you know sensationalized and how maybe it wasn't real, um, but no one was within the regime to know how badly the women were treated. Um, so it takes it from a standpoint of this didn't actually happen, but we can't know for sure. But then you yourself have read the book and you know it happened. But it's seeing how other people in the future would treat instances like that. Yeah, that's actually pretty illuminating yeah. because that's definitely happened at some point. Actually, some points in the history of this world. Yeah. All right. Podcast to subscribe to. Um, so don't have like any major followings anything game related um was the ones i usually go for so i used to listen to one called the broken podcast okay um and that was about talking about generally youtube ethics and way of life and also video games and video game culture so you're a gamer yes okay what are your games of choice games of choice current well the last one i played before i came to the u.s was um south park fractured but whole okay um, wait you're gonna need to say that again the South Park. Oh, Sa- South Park Fractured buck- Butthole. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tell us about that. Um, so that starts in, like, if you're a fan of South Park and oh, it's I'm very... I'm a big fan of South Park. Yeah. Like, the first one, Stick of Truth, is more of a everyone's game of South Park, but the Fractured Butthole is made for the fans. It's like a love letter to the fans. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of um, in-episode references, um, and the gameplay is so sophisticated in comparison to others that they've made before. Um, there's not too much in the custom, like, in how you can customize it. But just the playability of it is never ending. You can play it for hours. And so, is it like two? Is it a fighting game? Or it is, is a. It a it's a fighting and str- it's a strategy game um, and a fighting game. It's all story driven though. Okay. Um, what other games do you play? Um, I also play the Assassin's Creed um, franchise, uh, the GTA franchise. I've had since I was well, probably too young. <laughs> um, Tomb Raider's been great. I know they're making a Spyro remake, which was the one that I played all the time when I was growing up. Okay. Um, Really, the list is endless. I'm a big Sim girl as well, which is like not ca- it's a bit casual game, but Nintendo wise, Super Smash Bros, Mario Kart, any kind of group game, that's where I go with Nintendo. But if I wanted solo, like Last of Us, Tomb Raider, I'd go to PS4. Okay, and when you play these games, are you mostly doing it online? So, you know, I'm actually, uh, I don't play online too much. I prefer single game, single player games, because when I'm getting online, I don't know, it gives me a bit of an anxiety playing with other people I don't know. Mm-hmm. But if there are people like I do know, like sometimes my uni friends come on, then I come on a little bit more. Okay. Cool. Oh, questions, Kennedy. GTA, have they ever had a setting in Scotland or England or so, Ireland? So, fun fact, the original, the first ever GTA was set in London, and it was a bird's eye view game. So okay. it, you could only ever see it from bird's eye view. You never saw it from third person or first person. Uh, and it was like eight, almost 8-bit eight pixelated. It wasn't a great quality game, but it was the start. Mm-hmm. And that was set in London. And then only after that, because the actual creators are Scottish. That's why in Vice City, you meet Love Fist, and some of the voice actors are actually the creators, are involved with the creation of the GTA franchise. And everyone like makes fun of the Scottish um, rock and roll hairspray <laughs> band. But those are the creators of the game. Um, and that's why there's an office of them in Dundee and obviously they've, they've expanded well into America and they've taken the American image for their games okay. but it is originally a, a British 
British creation. Do you ever go to Comic Cons or cosplay stuff? I would love to go to more. Okay. Um, there, I, the one thing I'd like to do is go to the San Diego Comic Con at some yeah, point in my that's life. The biggest one, right? Yeah, that's the biggest one. Um, okay. I've been to a few in Manchester um, and in Bristol, where I used to live in South England. Um, I've mostly dressed up as like Pokemon trainers. Um, but I've not gone all out the way some people spend months crafting the costumes. I've never done that. Yeah, I um, did a. Uh, I interviewed a number of people at the uh, Museum of Science Fiction's Escape Velocity. Um, big conference that they have every year yeah. um and this year they had national harbor in uh prince george's county and uh there was a huge cosplay contingency and a lot of those people were for the video games so like people they had like 13 guys dressed up as halo yeah and they were like to the nines like perfect with it people and dedicate themselves to I'm it i'm telling you man like it's seriously and there's a difference between cosplay and costuming oh yeah i didn't yeah. even know that at all yeah. so um yeah so cool uh something that you didn't know you needed until you got it uh, perspective. That's a great answer. Yeah. Please elaborate. Um, I, well, it's a bit of a different one to do, but it's more that I always, I guess, kind of the arrogant thing is you always assume people are going to see things the way you see them or understand things the way you understand them. And then you get frustrated with people for not being on your level, but then you never take them into consideration. It's that arrogance that I learned to let go of a bit more um, because I always just assumed, oh, well, it's going to happen this way. And I needed to take it from another person's perspective on how to deal with certain things. So that's definitely. Was there a specific incident or a specific thing that happened that caused this? Yeah, um, it was actually when I was in England, um, there were a couple of um, foreign students that I was just not very kind to. And then I went to school abroad in Spain and suddenly I was the foreign student. Um, and that shift just made me it's flipped your mind. Yeah, really kind of came home and like I wasn't maybe as kind or as helpful as I could have been. Mm -hmm. um, but you obviously you never know until you're put in that position. Yeah. So no, that's a great answer. All right, number four. Bucket play, list. Bucket list. Bucket there list place to travel. Uh, bucket list place to travel. If you're not gonna go to Scotland, go to New Zealand. Go to Wellington in New Zealand. Okay. Um, I lived there for a bit when I was a kid. Um, a lot of the Lord of the Rings sets, like the actual natural rivers and stuff, places. Um, and also there's just got a great science museum. The stem's incredible over there. New Zealand's just a beautiful country that's been untouched by humans for the most part. It's, it's changing a bit now. It's getting a bit more populated. But when I was there, like it felt entirely like a country that humans were visiting rather than a country humans were dominating. That's great. Now, is that where the Great Barrier Reef is? Or is that uh, Australia? That's Australia. Okay. That's Australia. It's further up. Now, is it really far to get to like if you visited New Zealand could you take a day trip or to see the Great Barrier Reef because I mean and it seems like for the end of the decade it's going to be gone um yeah unfortunately no unfortunately no. I think you would definitely need because you need to get all the way up to Australia and Australia is pretty far mm -hmm. from New Zealand um there is the there are there are beautiful things to see in New Zealand as well not as on the level with the Great Barrier Reef but if you went all the way down to the South Island there's an island entirely inhabited by penguins and it's just a penguin island which is really cool penguins. you said it's called South Island yeah just down at the bottom of the South Island yeah alright so you're saying Wellington in New Zealand Wellington in New Zealand is okay. where I tell people to go alright perfect you said South Island as well jot that down um is your ear good enough to be able to tell the difference in accents between Australian and New Zealand yes okay yeah because I, I can't man, at all well, you see, you say you can't, I can't, I struggle with differences between American accents, but then again, apart from like when it turns to Boston or Southern Texas, but then the inter ones, like, I couldn't tell you the difference between like Virginia and Ohio. Like, I'm not too sure of those ones. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. That's cool. It's very interesting. Cause I, I guess I probably could. If you put, yeah, if you had to think I'll, about I'll be it. like, you're from this area. I don't yeah. know exactly what state, but I can tell like you're from there. 
All right, a 50-mile detour restaurant. So there's this place in Chicago. Okay. Um, and it's, I didn't fact check this, but it's apparently the creator of the deep dish pizza. Um, and it's called Pizzeria Uno, and it was opened in the 30s. Okay. Um, and it's this tiny little dive bar in the corner of a street that you would walk past and not see it. Um, and then I remember going in and the prices were really good and I thought there's no way this is the original place and the prices are this good uh, and the pizza takes 40 minutes to make so like you order you wait for your pizza you wait for it but honestly it was one of the best deep dishes I've ever had in my life and I don't like deep dish it was delicious so you know they've expanded since then and now they're like a big chain I didn't know they were expanded yeah no. and there's a pizzeria uno in Union Station. You're joking. No, I'm not. Oh, my it's God. It's right there on the second floor. But, I mean, you went to the original Pizzeria Uno. So, yeah. like, Yeah, go to, the, go to the original because yeah. it's got such a charm to it. But if, if you're fiending for another deep dish pizza from Pizzeria Uno, you can definitely go right, right there no before you guys head out. no idea they franchised. Yeah. Um, all right. Num- number six, your number one skill. Number one skill that I've worked at? Yeah. Um, Spanish speaking. Okay. Probably should have asked you at the beginning of the podcast. How many languages are you fluent in? Um, just English and Spanish. Okay. Just two. All right. Um, when did you start? Um, so I started when I was 11 years old, okay. um, just picking up here and there. I became fully fluent at 14. Now, did you ever live in a Spanish-speaking country? Yeah. So I moved to um, in, so I moved to southern Spain when I was 13 um, and then went to Spanish high school, so I had to do homework. There was no allowances. There's no were. escape. No, no escape. <laughs> you did your homework. You you learned your lessons in Spanish. You, you sunk or swim. Yeah. Um, and eventually you had to pick it up. So I lived in a place called Malaga um, in Spain, um, down south in Andalusia. And the Andalusian accent, it would, it's it's very slurred, um, it's very lazy, and a lot of the rest of Spain don't consider it proper spoken Spanish. Okay. So I learned the kind of the southern drawl of Spanish. And then I went to live in Valencia, which was on the east coast, by myself for a year. And that accent was a lot clearer. Um, so that helped my diction. It made it more of like an official Spanish rather than native Spanish. Now, where's Catalan, the Catalan area? So Catalan is just further up from Valencia towards Barcelona. Okay. Um, so you're going to head towards Catalonia, which is the province of where Barcelona is. And that's where um, Catalan is. Okay. And then, of course, Ibiza. It is only a 25 euro boat ride away from where I used to live. A 24, 25? 25 euro. Okay. And how long is that boat ride? About an hour and a bit. All right. Have you seen Carl Cox out there? No, I've not. <laughs> no, Carl Cox. Uh, so there's this show that comes on, well, a series on YouTube called Boiler Room. Okay. Where basically the camera faces the DJ and the DJ just does a mix and people are dancing behind them. And one of the most viewed ones is Carl Cox. He's like one of the oldest house DJs. He's, I want to say from England. Let's just say United Kingdom. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's a safe bet. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but he's been around since ages and he has a residency at a, at a, club out there and it's like that's like the club so i'm gonna have to check that out at some point in my life um i also have you been to bilbao i've not been to bilbao so it's curious nearby but i've not been to bilbao okay um how about madrid yeah i've been to madrid i went to a rock festival in madrid not too long ago all right um i also did four cities in four nights when i was staying in valencia so we went from valencia to um what's it called now the one with the Oh God! It stuck my it stuck my name. It's one of the other provinces down south. So we went to Granada, Granada okay. first, Granada, Malaga, Sevilla, Cordoba. Um, so we did four cities in four days of the Andalusian province, and okay. that was really cool. All right, yeah. I, 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 all these cities, 
sorry, all these cities I've heard of before. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, just having the map up and seeing exactly where they're placed. They're not all clustered around. It's kind of like a clock and Madrid is in the center. Yeah. So it's cool. All right. And last but not least, your number one talent. Uh, is adaptability a talent? I guess so. Yeah. How do you, how do you, how do you internalize adaptability? Um, improvisation. Okay. Yeah. That's how I feel like I can definitely improvise in any situation. Okay. Um, if that's suddenly being pulled up onto a stage and having to do plate spinning for the first time, I did that. Right. Survived. Survived. I like only had two and then they gave me a third one. I dropped all three. Um, <laughs> you did two. Yeah. And then also being thrown on a mechanical bowl didn't okay. fall off straight away. Okay. So, okay, I kind of improvisation. That's oh. probably my number one talent. All right. Do you play any instruments? Unfortunately, no. Okay. Uh, well, that, hey, you might want to pick up a, 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 an instrument. You might be able to have a, a second career as a jazz, you know. Mm, Spanish flamenco of... guitar. Flamenco guitar could there be you good go. Yeah. There you go. All right. So, um, is there anything you want to plug or any Instagram, Twitter that you want the guests to follow you on? Follow me? No, no, I'm not. That, I'm not not for plugging um, myself. I'll tell them to follow you, obviously. But. All right. Well, thanks for that. All right. Well, Caitlin, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you for staying at Union Inn, and thank you, listeners, for listening. Uh, as again, this is Innkeeper Freddie. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.